This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bill's 2019 Rewind continues right here on the South Sports and Stuff podcast today. A look at their first loss of last season, week number four against the New England Patriots, only 16 to 10 in this game. Going to do that in a second. Thanks a lot for coming aboard and always doing so. Lots of great feedback on these particular podcasts, the Rewinds, so thank you very much. Hopefully you have subscribed by now to the podcast, and if not, what the hell has taken you so long? Please do it. You can go to WGR550.com, find the links right there. Uh, We got Google Play, you got iTunes, of course. I use my, I'm an Apple guy, I use iTunes, that's the quickest way. You get the podcast app, you open it up, boom, it's right there. The newest episode always downloads right away for you as soon as you open that up. Otherwise, Stitcher, other places, wherever you get your pods, you can usually find this. So make sure you do it at South Sports and stuff. And of course, always throw a great review on it if you can. That would be super cool. So this is um, a really cool series, I think, you know, for a lot of us to kind of go back and look. And one of the things I've really enjoyed myself doing it is just kind of the, the clarity of some of these games nine or 10 months later on some things I didn't maybe see at the time, realize at the time, or kind of re-remembered, if you, if you will. It misremembered, that was uh, the steroid uh, case in Congress. I misremembered. I just said re-remembered. So I don't know if that's a, a word or not, but that's what I did. So that's what it is for me to go back and see it that way. And then for some of you, reliving these moments as well has been pretty cool. But I think maybe also because they won the first three that we talked about, the first three games of the year. Now it's time to talk about a game that the Bills lost against the New England Patriots 16 to 10. And you know, if you remember... Going into this game last year, it was, oh yeah. I mean, if you go to week three and remember that, we talked about this in the last one, which is just get past the Bengals and you're going to set up this huge win, this huge showdown against the Patriots. And if you can win that game, it'd be amazing and everybody'd be going crazy. But I think this game, week number four, was kind of circled when the schedule came out. And then when the Bills won week one in New Jersey and they won week two in New Jersey, and then you're like, okay, just get past week three against Cincy. You're setting up this showdown. And that's exactly what happened against the Bengals. They come in week no- number four against the Bills at 3-0. and The Bills are 3-0. and Their defense, the Patriots, just incredible. They were just putting up, basically not allowing anything from opponents. And we knew the Bills were going to have a tough time of it on offense, but could their defense do enough to allow their offense just to score enough points in this game? Everything was right there for the Bills in this game. Everything was on the table, everything they wanted, you know, to take over the Patriots in the division. If maybe not now, maybe later in the year, but now was the time, right? The Bills were 3 and 0, the Patriots were 3 and 0. I think people thought that Brady would be on a decline, but again, the defense for New England and what they were doing through the first 2 weeks of the season 
was pretty incredible. In fact, if you go back and look at New England last year and remember, you know, their first, it wasn't even, you know, the first two games. They were on an incredible streak throughout pretty much the first 11 games of the season. And then they started to go downhill. But coming into this game against the Buffalo Bills, the Patriots, the first three weeks of the year, they were basically on a record-setting pace as far as what their defense was doing. They allowed a field goal to the Steelers in week number one, and they just destroyed them, 33-3. to Then they shut out the Dolphins, 43-0. And then they allowed 14 to the Jets, but seven were on defense. The Jets recovered a fumble, and the other seven was in garbage time. So basically, they were up 30 to nothing. But what they were doing on defense was incredible. So we all knew this was going to be a tough game for the Bills coming in. And really, a storyline that wound up developing in this game was pregame. Remember what happened? It was Bill Belichick's son and another assistant coach. And Sean McDermott, I guess you'd say, kind of confronted them as they were walking off the field pregame because they were kind of lingering around and watching the Bills at a time when, you know, basically assistant coaches shouldn't be doing that or aren't normally doing that. Not that it was illegal or not allowed, but they were kind of stragglers and looking back, watching some things the Bills were doing in their warmups and McDermott took exception to it and he was upset and he was basically telling them, get in the huddle, get in the tunnel, go to your locker room. You, what are you doing out here? That kind of set the tone, I think, for how the Bills were feeling about this game. You know, coming in, they were definitely ready to play this game as far as what it meant for them and the opportunity. And there was a lot of talk about that all week. But that particular scene that played out at New Era Field before the game, I didn't even know that that happened until after the game because I was watching warm-ups where the Bills were. And, you know, I'm not on social media during the game or before the game. I'm doing my job. I'm on the radio. I'm broadcasting. After the game, I saw these clips of it. And, in fact, if I remember right, I think the first I heard of it was maybe Sean McDermott's press conference after the game. I'm not even positive. But... I had no idea that happened, but it became a story, became a deal. McDermott was talked about it, or he was asked about it afterwards. The next day he was asked about it. Uh, he was asked about it again, I think, when they played again in December in New England. But that became a bit of an issue, you know, a, a talking point, I should say, and a storyline in this game. So that's how it all started. And then we get to the game. And, boy, it started off not good for the Bills because Josh Allen was just horrendous the first little while of this game. Uh, he couldn't hit anything. He started off, what, what I think, going back and watching this, he started off just way too amped up. He did not hit his first several passes, overthrowing guys, underthrowing guys. He just did not look like he was ready for the moment, to be quite frank, at that time. And in fact, I would say the team might have not been ready for the moment at that time because really the first quarter or so, they didn't play like we had seen them play the first three weeks of the season for the most part against the Patriots. And the Patriots kind of took advantage um, on the second drive of the game, after the Bills stopped them on their first drive, Allen doesn't do well on their first drive. Now, the Bills actually did move the ball a little bit to open the game because Frank Gore had a couple of big runs. We'll get into him in a minute. He had a nice game. But on the second drive of the game for the Patriots, they have the pass and catch of the game, maybe, to me. And it happened right in front of me. James White does like a wheel route down the right sideline. Now, if you're watching on TV, it was from the left to the right. And he runs a wheel route on a third down down the right sideline. And Brady just floats the pass basically over his shoulder. Matt Milano has fantastic coverage. Milano is right on his hip. And this ball is coming right at me. Remember when we did this the first week and I talked about the ball that John Brown caught for the touchdown against the Jets? It was coming right at me. And if Brown doesn't catch it, I'm going to catch it. It wasn't like that. 
if White doesn't catch it, I'm not going to catch this one. But I remember thinking while the ball's in the air, boy, like this thing looks like it's going to be placed right in the bucket. But I saw Milano on his hip and I'm thinking, boy, Milano's got a chance. He could just knock this away. It was up in the air for a while. It was floated up there. And sure enough, it just dropped right down. Milano had an arm in there, basically. James White held onto it. He caught the ball, and that set up the Patriots for their first touchdown of the game. And that was when they did a bit of an end around, basically, to Brandon Bolden. That's how they scored the first touchdown of the game. They missed the extra point. So they're leading six to nothing. And then things continue to unravel for the Bills because Allen, he's not playing that well. They get put in a fourth down situation and they have a blocked punt. And that's really what kind of ultimately won this game for the Patriots, right? It was their special teams and the blocked punt specifically. And what did they do on that play? They saw something on film. They overloaded one side, but Horquez gets the ball and he, he tries to punt it. It gets blocked by Matthew. I think Slater's the one who blocked it and returned it, but I know Slater actually got the, uh, got the return for the touchdown. Um, and maybe it was JC Jackson actually who, wound up blocking the punt. But the point is, on the play, this was a big talking point about what the Bills should have done, whose fault it was, how this all went down. And I went back and watched it again several times, just like I did that week after it happened. And man, if you watch this play one more time, go back and watch that punt, and you think to yourself, how does Corey Bohorquez not throw to one of the gunners, especially the gunner to his left, which will be the bottom of the screen? Wide open. Once Bohorquez gets it, all he has to do is step up and throw it. Or, to be quite honest with you, all Bohorquez actually had to do was probably step to his left, and he had about a good 20 yards before the return man would have any shot at trying to tackle him, and the Bills would have had a first down that way. He also may have been able to throw to the um, to the gunner on the right, to the top of the screen, because the defender up there kind of left his man to go uh, basically in the box, I'd say. Bohorquez had options. The one option he shouldn't have done was punt the football, but I'm not blaming him. This was a block on the blocking. Uh, the Bills did not block this up. They didn't scheme it right. The Patriots took advantage, give them a lot of credit. They had this schemed up. They saw something on film. They took advantage of it from the Bills, and that's how they ultimately wound up winning this game because that puts them up 13 to nothing. Now, remember, the the final margin in this game is going to be six points. At this point, it's 13 to nothing. It's the first quarter, and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, like what's going on here? The Bills have been playing so well. The Patriots defense is so good. How are they going to score points? In the meantime, while all this is going on, one of the other storylines here, one of the reasons the Bills kept shooting themselves in the foot, Lee Smith had three first quarter penalties, three of them. And people were really mad about Lee Smith being even being on the field at this point, And he shouldn't be. The Bills were just shooting themselves in the foot all day long. They couldn't get out of their own way. On top of all of that, as the game went on, was maybe Zay Jones, the wide receiver. Zay Jones had a brutal game, and essentially it was his last game in a Bills uniform. It wasn't officially. He did suit up next the final the next week, but he played one snap the next week against the Tennessee Titans after in this game, two different times he did not fight for a football that wound up being intercepted. The first one, JC Jackson intercepts Josh Allen on an underthrown ball, and it was not a good pass. It was underthrown. But Zay Jones just kept running. He never came back to the football. Maybe that could have changed things. The second one came in the third quarter on the sideline. This one, Zay Jones, no excuse. I, I put it almost more on him than Josh. Now, Josh had a horrible decision here, but the pass wasn't as bad as the decision. And Zay had no interest in fighting for the football. And it was intercepted. Jackson again. And this time, 
to be honest with you, maybe it shouldn't have been counted anyway because Gene Steratore actually came on the broadcast and said because Zay Jones was touching the interceptor while he had the ball and Zay, Zay was out of bounds that it should have been an, uh, an incomplete pass. But they did wind up giving it to him. It was a good interception. Uh, either way, though, Zay Jones, to me, just had an awful game here. And I looked back at his stats in this game. Zone, Jones was targeted eight times. He had two catches for four yards. And of course, some of that is on Josh Allen. Josh was not very good in this game. But Zay Jones, on the day, targeted eight times. He wound up having four, two catches for four yards. That's it. Again, like I said, after this game, it all came to a head. Zay did dress the following week against the Tennessee Titans, but he played one snap, and then he was dealt after that to the Raiders. So essentially, this game was the last game he would play for the Buffalo Bills. In the meantime... As we get into the game, the Bills actually start playing better, both on offense and defense. Uh, Frank Gore was very good in this game. Frank Gore got an arrow up for me in my arrow up, arrow down column. If you look back at this game, there were some long runs that Frank Gore had, and he wound up actually finishing the game with 109 yards. He ran for 6.4 yards per carry, but Frank had some really nice runs, and uh, at times where the Bills really needed to get something going, uh, Frank Gore did a really nice job. So, uh, he, he played well. The running game started to come around. And then Josh Allen started to hit some more passes. Now, Allen's numbers weren't good on the day, on the afternoon. But he actually wound up making some plays both with his arm and with his legs. On the day, 13 of 28. You don't want that. 153. But after that, he settled down, especially in the third quarter when the Bills came out. They started really changing things up. And I, I think one of the indictments of the Bills in this game was their game plan in the first half compared to their game plan in the second half. If they started doing things in the second half, earlier, it might have been a different result in this game, which is they started throwing the ball out of the backfield to TJ Yeldon. Yeldon came up big, if you remember in this one. He really had a nice, productive second half because they didn't even use him in the first half. If you go to the second half, TJ Yeldon had four catches for 68 yards. He started catching the football. They found some mismatches, and that was really nice. And then John Brown, boy, you know, there's a lot of video of John Brown beating Stefan Gilmore in the second game these two teams played down in New England for that touchdown because that was like the only time Gilmore got beat all year for a touchdown. But I got to tell you, John Brown did a really nice job on Stefan Gilmore in this game. Now here are the numbers. He caught five passes for 69 yards. But going back and watching, John Brown was open a lot against Stefan Gilmore. A couple times, Josh missed him. He also found him several times. Again, five catches, 69 yards. Not all with Josh. Matt Barkley was in there. We'll get to that in a minute. But the other thing was Gilmore had a holding call early in the game on the first drive. He had a pass interference that actually Brown wound up, wound up catching the pass. Matt Barkley's first play on that play as well. So John Brown had a really nice game against Stephon Gilmore. Cole Beasley wound up seven catches for 75 yards in this game. But going back to Josh, going back to how the Bills started to change things in the third quarter, it was a really nice quarter for the Bills. They go to halftime because remember what happened at the end of the first half. The Patriots have the ball inside the Bills' five-yard line. They're threatening to make it 20 to nothing, basically. It's 13 to nothing. And Micah Hyde comes up with a really nice interception in the end zone. And that started to turn the tide a little bit because the Bills go down the field, they kick a field goal. They get the ball back, they go down the field again, and then they have a missed field goal at the end of the half. That would have made the score 13 to 6 at halftime. The Bills would have been down by just a touchdown. But instead, they're down 13 to 3. They go to the locker room, they come out, and they have a really nice third quarter to open up. The Bills in the third quarter, they get the ball, 
Let me just find the drives here for you. They start off at their own 25-yard line. They go nine plays, 75 yards, and they score a touchdown. It's a one-yard touchdown from Josh Allen. Uh, they got to fourth down. He had to leap over the pile. The ball was knocked out of his hand. But that was really, I would say, the end of the first half sequence into the third quarter was really when this game started changing and the Bills started to gain the momentum. They started to do things that they felt they could do a lot better, and it started working out for them, and they had an excellent chance to start to maybe even think about winning the football game. So they get to 13 to 10 with 10:30 left in the third quarter. So the Bills have an opportunity now. 13 to 10, they're only down 3 points, 10:30 left in the third quarter. And from there, what really winds up happening is yes, Josh gets hurt and I know that's been a storyline, but whether or not Josh got hurt or Matt Barkley went in, boy, there are just a lot of opportunities that the Bills wind up not taking advantage of towards the end of the game. From the middle of the third quarter, even even before that, the 10-30 mark of the third quarter, when it's 13-10, to from there, the Bills really had an opportunity, several opportunities to, to either tie the game or even take the lead, and it just never materialized. And in one sequence that really killed them, this is the defining sequence, really, to me, of the game. The Bills were down 16-10 to after a Patriots field goal. It's 16-10. to Josh gets hurt, and of course, that was a big part of this game. Josh Allen got hurt um, in the fourth quarter early on. The Bills had to have Matt, Matt Barkley take over, and the way they were playing, you could make an argument that, hey, Josh was figuring things out. Uh, here's a kid that had shown some moxie the first few weeks. They had two fourth-quarter comebacks, one against the Jets in week one, one against the Bengals in week three. Boy, he really could have another one in him. He gets hit. There's a lot of controversy about the hit. So I don't want to get into that right now because I think you remember exactly what happened. Josh runs into the tunnel. People thought he might come out. He didn't. Matt Barkley comes out. Very first play. He hits John Brown. That's the play. Gilmore was called for interference. He's all draped over Brown. Brown catches the football. And suddenly, one play into Matt Barkley taking over. The Bills are set up first and 10 at the New England 17-yard line. On the next play, the Bills run a trick play. And I think a lot of people forgot about this because, you know, it was, I don't even know if it went down as an actual uh, play on the stat sheet because there was a penalty on New England on this play. Kyle Van Noy, unnecessary roughness. Uh, it gets enforced. But what the Bills did was they basically ran the play they ran in Dallas when Brown threw it back to a t for a touchdown to Devin Singletary. But in this one, John Brown throws the ball to TJ Yeldon, not Devin Singletary. Remember, Singletary's not playing at this point. He's hurt. He missed this game. They run the same play, basically. John Brown runs an end around. He gets the ball. He's on the left, though, this time, not on the right like he did against Dallas. Throws it back to the right side. Yeldon is there. He's open in the end zone. But Jason McCourty does a great job to knock it out of his hands at the goal line. If Yeldon holds on to this ball, the Bills are in the lead. They're in the lead if Yeldon holds on to that ball. But instead, McCourty knocks it out of his hands. That's at the goal line. But, hey, all is not lost. Van Noy gets the penalty. The Bills get another first down. Think about this. The Bills had a first down and goal from the New England eight-yard line down 16-10 to 10 with almost a whole quarter to play. I think people forget that the Bills were that close. They were eight yards away. And then after that, they get even closer because what happens in this sequence, and it was an awful sequence, what, like I said, first and goal at the New England eight. Barkley turns around. He hands the ball off to Frank Gore. Frank Gore gets three yards. Now it's second and goal from the New England five-yard line. For some reason, and I and at the time it was infuriating, we talked about it, I wrote about it, the Bills take too much time getting the next play into the huddle and getting it called. 
the play clock runs out after a run on first and goal. Instead of having second and goal from the five, they take five yards back, and now it's second and goal from the 10. It was just an awful situation for the Bills to have happen at that time. There's no excuse for it. But Barkley finds John Brown. John Brown catches the ball on the left side of the offense, down in the lower left, if you're watching on TV and you remember it. Brown does a really nice job to spin around and get away from Stefan Gilmore, but he only gets to the two-yard line. Gilmore made a really nice tackle at the two-yard line. If John Browns is able to just escape Gilmore's tackle, reach the ball over, whatever it is, the Bills are in the lead. That's the second time I've said it in this series. But then it gets to the two-yard line because he doesn't. They give the ball to Frank Gore. He's stopped. In fact, he loses a yard. The Bills are down 16 to 10, so they go for it on fourth down. Matt Barkley, he's scrambling around, throws the ball to Zay Jones. Again, and this one I'm not going to pin as much on Zay, but looking at the replay, maybe he should have had it. Went off his hands. He jumps high, goes off his hands, and then it's intercepted. That was actually overturned. They said he actually didn't intercept it, but either way, the ball fell to the turf. The Patriots wind up taking over. What a sequence that was in this game. It was a defining moment for this game. But, oh, it wasn't even over for the Bills. They get the ball back again. Now they get down to the New England 42-yard line. And from there, they have to punt. And then they get the ball back again. They get to their own 41-yard line. From there, they have to punt. And then they get the ball back again with 3.09 left in the game. You know what they do? They get all the way down to the New England 39-yard line. The Bills had chance after chance after chance in this game to beat the Patriots. They didn't when they finally got down to the New England 39-yard line. And this one pass was intercepted, uh, intended for John Brown, intercepted. Uh, it was batted up in the air. Uh, Matt Barkley had it batted up in the air. It came down, and that's how the game basically ended for the Bills. It was really tough re-watching this game and understanding all the different ways the Bills had to finally you know, get past New England and have an opportunity to win the game. They were down 13 to nothing and had nothing go their way. They kept fighting and fighting and fighting. They get it to 16 to 10 and have golden opportunity, a golden opportunity to score and take the lead they can't take advantage of, but still had two or three more opportunities to at least get down. If they get a field goal, they just get a field goal on the drive I talked about in depth here a little while ago, then maybe on the last drive they get another field goal, but that's okay. They went for it on fourth down. I'm not even saying they should have kicked the field goal, but they had so many opportunities that just didn't go their way, and it was such a wasted, great job by the defense in this one. I want to run over some stats from this game that I wrote down and I wrote it in my arrow up, arrow down column at WGR550.com that I do after every game. Total yards in this one. Bills, 375 to 224. Rushing yards. Bills, 135 to 74. Passing yards. Bills, 240 to 150. That's right. Josh Allen and Matt Barkley combined for 240. Tom Brady had 150. The Bills, first downs, 23 to the Patriots 11. Time of possession, the Bills beat them by five minutes, and the Bills on offense, on offense, outscored New England in this one, 10 to 9. A couple other noteworthy players in this game because one guy that really stood out, I have to talk about here, was return man Andre Roberts. He did a great job in this one. Um, he gave the Bills lots of opportunities, maybe not even with great field position, but at least not allowing balls to hit the turf, give the Patriots some bounces and things like that. Because really, th this was a game that required, people talk all the time about wh whether or not they should keep Andre Roberts. Is it worth it to keep an extra roster spot for somebody? And I'm telling you now, it absolutely is worth it when you see a game like that, that Andre Roberts played and what he did for the Bills in week four. 
What I wrote is, he showed why he's one of the best return men in the league with several returns that made something out of nothing. His two kickoff returns totaled 71 yards, and he averaged 7.7 yards per punt return. He actually finished with 107 all-purpose yards. I mean, look, that's 107 yards from Andre Roberts that you normally don't get from from players, or at least you get a fraction of from a lot of players. And I, I just wanted to point that out about Andre Roberts and the way that he played in this game, because I think it... We, we talk a lot about what he's worth. In the game like that against New England, that was a, an example of why he is worth a roster spot, in my opinion, and why I think the Bills believe he's worth a roster spot. It's funny, when I did the arrow up, arrow down column under arrow up, I basically wrote every single player who played for the Bills defense because they deserved one after the game that they put together in this game against the New England Patriots. But it wound up being their first loss of the season. Uh, one thing that they really... Did not do well in this game was be disciplined. Eight penalties for 76 yards. You just can't do that against a team like the New England Patriots. And, of course, Stephen Hauschka missing a 49-yard field goal, something that wound up becoming a theme as the season went on with Hauschka's struggles until later in the season when he really started to turn around the last month or month and a half, I guess. So the Bills leave this game at 3-1 and after coming in at 3-0, and the Patriots coming in at 3-0, and and then... We know they have the bye week in a couple weeks. They got to go to Tennessee to play a team in the Titans that is yet to make the switch to Ryan Tannehill. So they have Marcus Mariota, and everybody knew it would be a big game. Everybody knew it could come down to maybe the Bills and the Titans fighting for an AFC wild card. And everybody knew the Bills fans would show up in Nashville, and boy, did they ever. And I can't wait to tell you about the scene in Nashville and what it was like in that game and at that game, around that town and city, especially the night before the game and during the game on the next South Sports and Stuff podcast when we rewind and review week number five, Bills and Titans. This was week four, Bills and Patriots. I appreciate you listening. Once again, subscribe, throw me a good review. I love you. I appreciate you. Thanks for coming aboard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.